0: hello everybody it is clara baldwin the founder of peace over pieces it has been a minute since i have had a podcast and i'm so sorry for that but i appreciate all the support in the meantime with covid and work i have been really swamped and it's always been in the back of my mind to do a podcast but as everything in life it got put off So I'm here today with really no notes or any thoughts going in, no planning. And I'm sorry in advance, this is going to be probably everywhere. But I have been putting off telling my own story. And I know I get messages all the time asking what inspired me to start piece over pieces. And why am I doing it? And it is extremely difficult for me to sit here and actually, begin to tell my story because that's what this episode is going to be based on. It's going to be why I started the organization and what link do I have to domestic abuse. Um, and I'm just going to do a really raw version of this podcast and kind of sit here as if I was talking to, you know, my friend or my family member. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm going to start. I just feel like. I've been putting it off because when I share this story, I feel like I am giving myself away almost, something personable and dark inside of me that is being exposed to people, everyday people, people I know and that have no idea that this happened in my life. And I don't know, I just don't like it feeling exposed. I feel like it's a way of being judged or... I will be looked at differently, but I know that I have no right to say this because the victims and survivors that have came on this podcast are super brave and they were extremely exposed, but I respected them more for that. I find them stronger when they did that. And so, for me to sit here and not share my story I feel almost guilty about it. So I'm just gonna start a little about myself and my upbringing. So again, my name's Clara. I'm turning 24 in August and I was raised in Columbia, Missouri, small little liberal town in the middle of Missouri. Um, I come from a family of five, played tennis my whole life, played soccer. I had what seemed to be on the surface, you know, a very average life. I went to school, I went to extracurricular activities, I went home, I had, you know, groups of friends in high school, I'd say, nothing was out of the ordinary when you looked at me on the surface, and a thing about me in high school especially, I really strived to be perfect, I'd never wanted anyone to think that I wasn't happy, that I wasn't okay in in the sense of emotions. I never wanted anyone to judge me. And I think that's a very immature thing when you're younger. You just don't want anyone to judge you. You want everyone to look at you and think you're perfect. Quickly, I realized after high school, that's not realistic. And I changed my ways. But yeah, so high school, I was just very (laughs) bubbly. And I never really showed signs of anything that was wrong. The problem I had growing up was my dad, um... I am not a direct victim of domestic abuse, but I am a victim in a sense that I watch severe abuse between my parents from the ages of what I could remember to 18 years old. Um, they were married for 20 years. They met in college. They met at Mizzou. My mom said that he was super popular, um, just a really great guy. Everywhere they went, someone would stop and talk to him, and he was super nice, outgoing. And she said that around the first pregnancy with my brother is when she got cheated on, and things started to switch inside of him mentally. What we believe he has now is severe bipolar disorder, just almost like schizophrenia, like he can act up at the drop of a pin for no reason. Um, He's like a ticking time bomb, it felt like. And it's really weird because when I was little, I was a huge daddy's girl. I remember like, I would be so excited to come home and see my dad after school, like as young as five years old, six years old. I just remember always like wanting to be with him and hugging him and um, he taught me sports. He took me out to eat on his own, you know, normal dad, daughter things. I noticed around age six, like the earliest memory, I started seeing things that he was doing and saying to my mom that I didn't really understand at all. Things like screaming at her when she didn't bring him a napkin for dinner or just flipping out on her for saying something he didn't agree with. So when I was little, yeah, I started seeing these things. And when you're that age, it's very confusing because You feel like you're your dad's best friend and like he's your hero and you look up to him. Everything he says is right. You know, I just remember thinking he was so smart and everything he said was God's given opinion and fact. So when I started seeing like him mistreating my mom, to me, it just became a regular thing in my head. It was something that happened every single day. Um, I'm not even exaggerating. It would be... A very abusive household every single day and i just remember even like as young as seven or eight i started feeling anxiety and i would cry a lot because i never was brave enough to really step in if he were to hurt my mom or yell at her and it would be like completely in front of the kids we would be sitting in the living room watching tv or playing video games or even just eating and something would go off inside of my dad and he would just tear my mom apart for really nothing. She is a super great mom and anyone who knows me knows that me and her are absolute best friends. She is the life of the party. She is always happy, laughing, just very caring and selfless. So to me, I was just always so confused why he treated her so bad when to me, I thought she was perfect. And she always was quick to say sorry, even for things that she did not do. She could simply disagree with something as small as, like, her favorite show or his favorite color. She'd get something wrong. Something weird, like, small like that it should not matter. Um, and it would turn into a huge fight somehow. So to me, seeing that since I was little, it became a very regular thing. And I remember having my first sleepover in, like, mm, third grade. And I remember going over their house and I was just like, mind blown. Because I remember her parents were very caring for each other. They didn't fight in front of us. And they're very just normal. But to me, my normal was not normal. So I, I remember that exact moment, I was like, something's wrong with my dad. And then at the more sleepovers I had and the more parents I saw that were not fighting the way mine did, the more I started to resent my dad and I transitioned from daddy's girl to just really hateful towards him. And I think as early as age 12 is when I just, I wanted to be away from him so bad I did not want him to come home. I remember that he would come home around three o'clock every day and I would just dread it, like counting down the hours, seeing the clock. Like we would always have such a good time as a family without him and we would have such a stress-free day. And then he would come home and it was almost like everyone's heart dropped. Everyone resorted to their rooms and we just like hoped and prayed that nothing would go wrong, but always once a day, it would definitely blow up in a fight. And the worst thing about my dad and how he treated my family was he wasn't just abusive towards my mom. It was everyone. He intimidated everyone. Uh, he scared everyone. He called me very derogatory terms since I was little. Like, I remember him calling me, excuse my language, like a bitch and a cunt. I slut when I was <laughs> before puberty, which is pretty messed up. But the worst thing about him is that he never had sympathy. Even if I cried to him or stood up to him, or I stood up for my mom, he would just put down my mom more and be like, why are you protecting her? She's ugly. She's a piece of blank, you know. He'd call me worthless. Like, if you ever stood up to him or disagreed to him, it would turn into probably like a two-hour minimum fight. And then you just end up having to say sorry and begging for forgiveness so he will leave you alone and not get too mad to the point it's physically tacting. Yeah, so that went on my whole life, really. I remember when I turned 16, I was so excited to get a car, and he was trying to keep me from getting a car because he knew if I got one, I would be able to escape these situations all the time with him controlling us and trapping us when he is abusive. But I worked at some dinghy restaurant and bought one, finally. I think I was 17. I remember I would always leave, like at 3 o'clock, I would go hang out with friends or do something, and they would have no idea that I was always just avoiding home. But at the same time, it killed me. I felt so guilty leaving my mom in the house without me, even though I couldn't really do anything for her. I just hated the fact that I was out pretending like I was having a great time with friends while she was probably getting yelled at and fighting constantly with my dad. Um, So it was a really hard balance mentally. And then things got really severe, I would say. Junior, senior year of high school. My mom was in a very, very deep depression. She wasn't really a human anymore. Like I remember coming home and she was just very blank, very sad, almost emotionless, drinking wine at as early as uh, like 1 p.m. because she knew by three he would be there and she just needed something to help her stress. So I just remember it became like everyday thing where I just sit down with her and she would cry and I just remember by the time I was 17, I was like, mom, why have you stayed this whole time? Why do you put yourself through this? I don't understand. I just wanted everything to be better but I had no resources to make it better. I don't have money. She doesn't have control of money. Everything just felt very suffocating, like we couldn't get out of the situation no matter how hard we tried. And I just remember she would just be like, I wish I could leave. And I would say, I wish we could too. And we'd cry together and then he'd come home and then we'd go through the same shit every day. But I remember like sitting down one day and I just looked at her. I was like, I don't care what it takes. I know we don't have money, but you just need to leave the second I graduate because that's when I'm going to leave. And I know that my siblings would be fine too. They're very independent and they would leave as well. So it was a very hidden thing, something that was not talked about around anyone else. It was just me and my mom. And we kind of made this plan that when I graduated, she would leave. And it was really sad because everyone's looking forward to, you know, senior graduation. And I'm kind of just anxiety filled, like counting down the days, not to graduation, but to know that like we're actually going to do this and have her leave. So yeah, I just remember that graduation came around. I graduated. I remember my dad wasn't even there. I think I just didn't tell him the date of my graduation. Like at this point, we really fought a lot. Like every time I came home, we would be going at it and I would put myself in danger a lot. But I didn't care at that point. I just, I really resented him. Everything I've seen over the last 18 years, I couldn't take it anymore. And I would leave, um... He's done things like throw me to the ground, shattered my phone, damaged my car, stole my car. He's done a lot. Uh, Just, I can't even list off all of them. But graduation came around. I remember it was me, my mom, all my friends. And then we kind of looked at each other throughout the day, knowing what this meant, me graduating. No one else knew. And it was just kind of like this look like we can do this. We're going to do it no matter how bad it is. Like, we knew it was going to be rough at first. Like, there is no avoiding that. So the next day after graduation, I remember waking up and my dad was, uh, he was going pretty crazy. He was confused as to where mom was. He harassed me for like an hour about where she was. And I, the whole time I said, I didn't know. I don't know. And then he was just going nuts, trying to track her on her phone track her in every way possible by hacking computers and, I don't know, this is nuts. She went to Kansas City and she literally had nothing. She took a bag of clothes and she had, I think, $200 around there. I mean, just looking back on it now, it just baffles me how crazy that was. She had three kids, no money, and a bag of clothes and just her car to sleep in. And I remember pulling aside my siblings and being like, okay, mom left. This is the plan. We need to help her as much as she can before she gets a job in Kansas City, gets on her feet. We need to keep dad away from her. And I remember the next two weeks after that was absolute hell, my dad was going crazy. He was uh, stalking her. I think he showed up to the house she was staying at, one of her family members, and he tried telling the uncle, my uncle, that she was cheating and she didn't deserve to be there and to let her come with him. Good for my family. They knew that he was a piece of shit. They'd never liked him um, and completely rejected him. So he kept stalking, going crazy. We called the cops like twice when he tried trapping her into coming back. And yeah, I'm talking about this so casually, but it was about going on 6 years now, so I don't really talk about it in full detail like this, like just remembering the details is nuts, but after those 2 weeks, I feel like he was super depressed and angry, but he kinda gave up the stalking. The bigger issue was that my mom was out there on her own without money, and I'm only 18, my brother's 19, my sister, she was 12, I think. We don't have the means to be paying for her, but we all pulled together and we were working and sending her money and she stayed in motels and slept in her car and then it was just so hard. It was so hard. I had to go to college eventually, move in on my own. Too much was going on. And I remember getting a text second semester of my freshman year after a hell first semester because all of this was happening. And my mom was like, I got a job. Uh, things are turning up like I remember she got this little apartment and we were just so happy we sat on the floor of like her house welcoming (laughs) and we ate ramen and we like cried happy tears because although it was the shittiest place we knew that this life is all we wanted where we could be free without abuse and uh, without harassment every single day we ate 40 cent ramen, on the floor, no furniture. And I think that was honestly one of the happiest days of my life. And I was just so proud of her, the fact that she did that. And now, fast forwarding, she has a wonderful boyfriend and a wonderful life. She has, not that materialistic things matter, but the best house and the best car. She's super happy with everything. And it makes me cry all the time. I'll just sit there and think about it. And how happy I am that our life really turned out. How much we prayed and wished that this could happen for us. And it did. And I I feel so lucky for it. And now I have a great relationship in my life. I have great friends. A great place where I feel like I'm at mentally. And I'm working. I just... I don't know what we did to deserve all the luck that was given to us. Of course it wasn't easy. But I do feel very grateful And all I want to do now is just help people who are in that position because although I talk about it casually right now, like it was more smooth than I described, um, I know how helpless it can feel. I know how depressing it is. Um, I have never been more lower than I was when my mom left. The, The hardest part is the transition between leaving and becoming better and making a better life. It's not easy for anyone. So... I started piece over pieces to reach out to victims and survivors and all I want to do is just help raise money for them so that you can get out of that situation. I feel like it just takes a push because there's nothing more suffocating than that and I think the misconception of abuse mostly is that everyone thinks, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just do this? It's almost frustrating because to think it's that easy, you really don't know what abuse is. Um, my mom had kids. She had no money. She had the routine of being watched 24-7. And I just know like how bad we wanted it, but also how hard it was to leave. And now that I have this life, I just want to pass on you know, words of wisdom and advice, and I want to help relate to these people. But yeah, so far, I've been very grateful for the people who have come on the podcast and reached out in messages. I can't believe the amount of women and men that I've talked to. And I love hearing their stories of improvement and how they left. Um, I think that really makes my whole day when I get a message like that. So yeah, wow, that was a lot. (laughs) I'm gonna have to go edit a lot because I was everywhere. But that was my story. And I hope it wasn't too heavy. I tried to make it as descriptive as possible, but not too... Too much so thank you guys for listening and if you've supported piece over pieces or you're listening to this and you can relate to this story let me know send me a message um, i would love to talk to you and if you need help please message me and we can definitely arrange something thank you